Hey folks, greetings from the Offensive Security Group here at Security360, coming at you with a new episode of Cyber Threat Perspective. You've got Spencer here and myself, Brad. Um, today we're going to talk about scoping offensive security engagements, which I think is really cool. Um, it's uh, it's it's an interesting topic because everybody does it a little bit differently, um, but how it, how it is done is kind of huge. So uh, quick admin though, as always, if you find this useful, please rate, share, like, um, you know, the biggest thing you can really do is spread the word. And that really helps us out a lot. So uh, links to um, all the stuff that we do, like our blog and things like that will be in the description, um, you know, in, in any format that you're receiving it in. All right. So Spencer, get us started. What the heck is scoping even anyway? Yeah, so the TLDR of scoping to me, and you know, I was thinking as I was writing the some of my notes uh, to look at is, you know, scoping to me uh, is what can be tested, uh, mm-hmm. when can it be tested, how can it be tested. So to me, it's essentially what are we going to test? What are the parameters of the things we're going to test? How can we test it? What mm-hmm. things are allowed? What things aren't allowed? Um, when can we test it? What times and things like that? And ultimately, you know, we're uh, to use big words, we're defining objectives and boundaries um, and limitations, right? And that includes uh, the objectives of the engagement, and that includes the types of resources that you're pen testing, uh, whether it's on-prem and you're testing against Windows or Linux, cloud environments, uh, mobile applications, you know, wireless networks, doing a physical engagement. Um, it includes all those things, the time frame, the reporting, uh, you know, it includes risk tolerance and compliance and all the things that we'll talk about in this episode. But if I had to boil it down, it to me, it's what are we testing? What can be tested? Uh, when is it can when can it be tested? How it, can it be tested? You know, the who, what, where, why, when type yeah. of of questions. Yeah, totally, man. Um, and and I would say, you know, there are some elements to it that I think are important. Um. And, you know, one of the things that concern me a little bit, right, is we often lose lose sight of the fact that scoping is also a user education process. You know, we 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 want to believe that everybody that, w- that we work with has the same level of understanding and knowledge of a process, um, but that's simply not the case. And, and it's OK that that's not the case. And so, you know, I would I would encourage folks who are, you know, d- depending on the position you're coming from, either you're receiving the scoping process, right. Or, you know, you're, you're scoping something because you're a pen tester is just keep in mind that there's a disparity of knowledge there. Um, and even if you are knowledgeable, you know, like if I was going to go get a pen test from someone else, I still want them to educate me on their process yep. and, and that's helpful. So, you know, when you go to someone and you say, we're going to do an internal pen test, most of the time, they don't know what that means. They know broadly what an internal pen test is. It means you're going to be hacking the inside of my network. Beyond that, you know, yeah. most people don't have expectations. Um, so, so I think it's important yeah. to consider that going into this. Yeah, and you know, the the outcome of scoping is is really important, or the end end product, the end result of scoping is important because you know that's how that ends up being how much your engagement costs that that factors into it, right? So a one week engagement is going to cost less than a two week engagement, you know, yeah. for the most part. Um, yeah. So it's important to get scoping right, so that one you're testing everything that you need to test, and two um, you're being, uh, you know, mindful of your own budgets and, and resources and things like that. Um, so those are some of the big outcomes, I guess, of scoping. Is you know what are we going to test? 
what's included in that, how much is it going to cost, how long is it going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the, like the big end results uh, of the scoping exercise. Um, so some of the some of the things you know when I think about scoping, I think about specific metrics, right, Brad? Yep. And you know, I think everybody has some of these metrics in mind, but some of the traditional ones that we use uh, for scoping might be, you know, a number of systems or a number of IP addresses, right. On an external pen test, for example. Dude, it's becoming less and less relevant though. Right. It used to be that that would be the, the bulk of the work. Right. And if somebody gave me a slash 24, I'm like, all right, cool, man, I get that done in a week. That's cool. No big deal. Nowadays, man, we're the, you know, if you just have, your email in M365, you have five domains automatically that you probably don't even know exist, by the way, but you automatically get five domains. And so you could have zero IP addresses. And just because you have email now, you suddenly have this pile of domains that all have to be looked at. So yep. yes, you still need to know the number of IPs regardless, I think, in my opinion, of what you're doing, right? Just because it gives us a, per- a perception of scale, but it's tough. Yep. It's, it's harder now. Yeah, and cloud services play into that. So if we're talking oh, yeah. external, you know, cloud service, uh, yeah. cloud services, right? Um, maybe you're an organization that has Salesforce and Microsoft 365 and uh, Box and all these other things that you use to facilitate your business, right? All of those play into that as well. Because for, for us, for our externals, we're not just going to look at all the IPs that you own mm-hmm. in your public website. You know, we're going to look at those, those cloud resources. Yeah. Um, as well and include that in there. So that is a, an important part of scoping an external is looking at the that external attack surface saying, what, what do you have that I can poke at as somebody that is unauthenticated from the internet? Yeah. And and it's a struggle for, for a couple of reasons, right? So first of all, um, we are unique, I think, in the external pen testing space because we do test uh, third parties. Right. And, and by test third parties, I have to be careful here because we are not trying to hack into Salesforce. That is not the objective of a penetration test. However, we will look at your Salesforce authentication configuration. Right. We will look at how SSO is handled if you are. And if you're not, is MFA enabled? Can I? And you'd be surprised the number of times that turns into something in a pen test. The problem is most people don't know what they have. And it is a struggle, even to even an IT manager. So, so those of you, those of you that are listening right now, ask yourself this: Can you either off the top of your head or immediately go find a list of, um, of, of cloud resources that you guys use, of cloud services? Mm-hmm. And and inevitably, the answer is probably most of them, some of them, not all of them, though. Yep. And it's hard too because you know with shadow IT, right? Users can just sign up for Zoom. Log in with their Microsoft account, right? And, you know, now they're potentially, you know, logging in. There's an uh, app registration in Microsoft uh, 365. Entra ID now is what it's called, if the whole big news. Yeah. Uh, Not Azure ID anymore. It's Entra ID. So in Entra ID, you know, you have app registrations for all the apps that your users are signing up for or consenting to. Um, And that might be a good place to look for that stuff if you're looking at scoping. So you go Mm -hmm. and look and you see Zoom and... Uh, Dropbox and Drive and all those, uh, you know, third-party applications. Um, but you're right; it is difficult. It can be difficult for, uh, especially a smaller organization who doesn't have a point person to manage that to gather all that information. 
Yeah, agreed 100%. And, and fun fact too, in Azure, uh, depending on how your tenant's set up, your users may have by default permissions to um, register apps. And so we actually leverage that in uh, social engineering attacks, where we'll send a link to register an app to a user to a malicious app. And and suddenly that app now has permissions in that tenant. So yep. um, yeah, yeah, it's just, just the unknowns, man. It's the yep. unknowns. So, um, you know, some of the other metrics that I think are important for scoping, um, and this kind of ties into internal pen tests a little bit, is, you know, the domains and forest configuration and, and whether or not you have an on-prem active directory environment at all. Right. right? Um, many times we'll, you know, we'll have a client come to us and say, hey, we want to do an internal pen test. We get into a scoping call or a kickoff call with them. Okay, tell us about your your infrastructure. What does it look like? What are we walking into? They're like, well, we're all cloud-based. We have Microsoft 365. We use ShareFile and um, SharePoint and Dropbox and, and all this other stuff. And it's like, we don't, you know, we only have a few offices. So it's like, what exactly do you want us to test? <laughs> like, right, what, right. What kind of an internal pen test are you looking for? Or what are you expecting? Um, and, and that becomes a much different conversation and ties into like cloud and, and, and web app pen testing more so in external, more so than a traditional internal pen test, right? So yep. the on-prem infrastructure is a good uh, talking point for scoping. Yeah, it is, man, because more and more organizations don't have a well-defined, um, you know, castle wall. There's yeah. no, you know, so, so you know, everything that they use is in the cloud. Everybody's moving toward the zero trust model, which, I mean, look, man, I'm a huge fan of, of what zero trust represents. The problem is when we start implementing pieces of it and not the entire model, right? And now basically what you've done is eliminated all of the controls that you had around the outside. And so, um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's, 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 it's challenging to continue to fit these pen tests into boxes, yep. but that's what everybody wants to do. And, and, and I understand why, like, I like doing it too. It makes my job easier, but we're blurring the lines between internal yep. and external now. Yeah. And we, you know, we did a pen test, um, not too long ago where, you know, we got through the scoping and kickoff and, and all that. And we're on the kickoff and we're like, okay, tell me about your environment. Right. It's like, well, we have five different domains, five different uh, Oh, offices, I remember that one. Yeah. Five different locations, you know, New York, Las Vegas, LA, Atlanta, you know, whatever the, the cities were. Right. Yeah, um, and they're like, they're all completely separate. They're separate active directory environments. They're not connected. And I'm like, Okay, and, and it's like... So you want five pen tests, is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, and, and this was a, an internal pen testing engagement. So it's like, okay, the fact that they're not connected at all, no no VPN, no MPLS, like nothing, just not connected. They're, you know, for all intents and purposes, completely separate environments. Mm -hmm. um, so that is a consideration, right? If you have desperate locations, um, that will um, tie that, that will feed into the scoping discussion, right? And it'll take longer. <laughs> than just if they're all connected. Yeah, that, I think that's when that particular engagement you're talking about is when we started asking the question, how many physical yep. locations do they have? Because it, it it never occurred to us, at least not to me, that we would that someone would ask for a pen yep. test and then they'll be like, yeah, we have five domains and five different physical locations and yep. none of them talk to each other. We're like, okay, time out. Yep. That's a completely different thing than just one internal pen. And so, yeah, no, yep. man, absolutely. And I, and I think... I think that's going to continue to become a thing, right? I don't, I don't yep. think that's going away anytime soon. I think uh, the pandemic really did a number on the traditional model of hub and spoke networks. Yep. yep. 
Yeah. And the other thing, you know, for internals too, is in compliance requirements. If you're um, a PCI, if you, if you have to comply with PCI requirements um, and you have a PCI uh, environment, you might need segmentation testing or you might need some validation that those are distinct environments and that the security of one doesn't impact the security of another. Yeah. Um, so there might be segmentation involved in an internal pen test, right? Yeah. So there's conversations around that. Um, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the last thing I'll, I'll say about internals too is, um, you know, what, what are your goals? I always talk yeah. a, about goals with clients. That's one of the first things I ask when I get on the phone is what is your goals for, what are your goals for this engagement? What are you hoping to achieve? What did you do last time? What would you like to do this time that's different or the same? Uh, and I like to ask that because uh, a client's goal might be, I want to find all the vulnerabilities we can in the amount of time that we have. Great. Got it. Very simple. Mm -hmm. uh, another goal might be that you know we want you to um, focus on this area over here because we know that it's not as, as protected as it should be right. right now. So we want you to focus on that and you know, elevating your privileges and maybe getting access to this database that has some sort of data here and kind of, you know, capturing that flag there that we, that we plant there for you. So maybe it's a, a goal oriented or a, a target. Almost oriented like a flag. Goal. Yeah. Right. So, so goals are important in scoping as well. I would consider that, you know, part of a scoping uh, arrangement. Yeah. And, and listen, regardless of what your role is in the process of, of performing or receiving these penetration tests, right? Whether you're a salesperson, whether you're account executive, whatever, or you're, you're, you know, doing kickoff calls, that's a really important question to me. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? What are your goals here? Regardless of what kind of penetration test it is, but it's probably more important for you because there could be very, uh, a very wide range of goals. It's a little less important for, I think, for externals and web apps, because if somebody calls me and they're like, yeah, I want to get a web app pen test for, you know, my XYZ application, I'm like, cool. So you just want me to see if there are any, any issues with it. So, but we have been bitten by that before. We have run into situations where somebody's like, I want to get an external pen test. And we ask them what their goals are. And they're like, uh, I want to see if the locks on my building are vulnerable. And I'm yeah. like, bruh. That's a whole different conversation, you know? Yep. Um, so, so I agree with you, but I think just from a human perspective, find out what they're trying to accomplish, right? Because what, what fits into our boxes neatly from a business perspective may not fit their needs, um, you know, cleanly. So I think it's and, important. Yeah. And they just might want a pen test for a checkbox on compliance, oh, yeah. in which case it's like, okay, cool. We don't need to go into the details because you don't right. care and that's fine. You know, everybody sure. has their reasons and, you know, just, you know, you, you go about your way, but I, it's important to, to meet those client expectations and exceed them and, and understand where they're coming from so that when you are delivering that engagement and the report and the debrief, you're speaking to those things um, and, and providing that value to the client. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed, man. And at the end of the day, that's our goal, right? We're, we're, we're a service oriented organization. Our goal is to provide the client and meet their expectations it is hard to remember that sometimes because we, and I'm bad about it too, man. I get caught up in the pen test and I'm like, I must do this thing. I must hack into the, you know, and, and it becomes this kind of um, almost a competition. And and you can even find yourself getting defensive of your work. But at the end of the day, none of that matters if the client's not happy. So. Yep. hundred percent. Um, So what about, I don't know if you want to talk about mobile. Um yeah, or or purple team kind of engagements. I think that's a it's an interesting topic for scoping. Yeah, so so we actually 
Mobile presents some unique challenges, and I, and I kind of wish we had Jordan here to have this conversation. She does all of her mobile pen tests, but mobile presents some challenges because the person who is who is who the app is branded for is not always the person who wrote the application, especially in the mobile world. Right? There's a huge market, especially overseas, of organizations that can pump out mobile apps, you know, for ten grand. You know, and suddenly, boom, you have a corporate mobile application with your brand and, and it's doing the thing. But the problem is those folks, not only do they not always follow good good coding standards, but it's also that the a contract that they have with them does not have certain things in it. For example, we have to have the mobile binary. And what I mean by that is like the the IPA or the or the APK file, which is like the the singular file that the application is contained inside of. We want that file for us to be able to pen test it um, because we we load it into a virtual environment. We do all this crazy cool stuff with it. Um, can we get it from the Google Play Store? Sometimes. Can we get it from the Apple Store? No. So we, if you're doing both, you, we need both. And, and so I say all of that to say this we do run into issues when we're scoping mobile app pen tests because if they didn't have in the contract language that their app vendor is going to provide them with copies of the binaries or that the app vendor is even going to fix problems. Because a lot of times they're like, here is your finished application. Good luck. And then the person has it pen tested through us. And we're like, Hey, here's the report of all your issues. And they're like, yeah. So what do we do now? And I'm like, I don't know. And they have to go get another contract and pay this company again to fix those security issues. So lesson learned for those of you out there yep. in that world, get that written into your contract that the developer will fix the issues and that they will, you know, be responsive to the needs of the penetration test process. Yeah. And there's, there's also third-party dependencies with, as with any software development, right? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and it's a question of how, of how, how far up the, the chain or, or down the chain, I guess, if you want to call it that of the, uh, the dependencies list, right? Can you go to test those things yeah. and and what is included in that? And, and just kind of being very prescriptive, like we tested this thing, it ends here. There's all this other stuff, you know, that still yeah. isn't tested. I'm glad you brought that up. That reminds me of, there's an API behind every mobile app, right? And so that's how mobile apps work. Generally speaking, for those of you who don't know, you know, it runs on your phone and, it, and it's actually running in a protected space so that it can't interact with other applications unless you explicitly get permission. But on the back end, there's usually a Firebase URL or some type of data layer that is possibly in scope for the test. If it's strictly a mobile pen test, we don't touch that. We'll enumerate the details of it so we can talk to you about it and we'll identify potentially insecure ways that you're requesting it. But if you want an API pen test, now we're, it's a whole different skill set. It's a whole different engagement because an API can have one endpoint or a million. So yep. same thing yeah, on I'm internals. Glad you brought right? that up. Yeah. Same thing on internals, right? We'll, we're, we'll be doing an internal and then all of a sudden we come across this big financial app, right? And it's like, we're going to poke around at it. We're going to do some of the things that we normally yeah. do in enumeration and look at it. But, but you're not getting a web app pen test. You're not getting a web app pen test, uh, especially on you know a five-day engagement where you have you know, a three forest multi-domain environment or something, you know, that takes time to go through. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important to understand scoping from both sides of the, the fence, I guess, and understanding, you know, scoping helps determine what it is you're actually getting um, and to what yeah. extent it's being tested at. Yeah. And, and look, folks, this, these are all time limited engagements, right? We have, you know, 
five days or three days or whatever those days are that, that we have to work on this application. And if we do, if, if we do a poor job of scoping or the client does not provide us with the adequate amount of information, there's a reasonable possibility we're going to find more stuff than we have time to look at which nobody wins in that situation, right? We don't get to do a complete good job and, and the client does not get a complete penetration test that covers yep. the scope of what they want. So it's really important that we be thorough in these scoping engagements. And 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 I think we do a pretty good job, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one, of our, one of our pen testers is working on one this week and um, we were given a list of like 28 IP addresses. And when she went to enumerate um, Azure, there were 32 domains of, of unique companies that are owned by this larger organization that is suddenly in scope. So we just literally yep. doubled the amount of work that is involved in that particular penetration test because of one tool we ran and suddenly it's like, boom, this yep. thing just exploded. What do you Yeah, that's, a, that's you a good know? point is that, you know, scope changes and it can yeah. change, you know, very quickly and even during the engagement. Um, and so having those conversations ahead of time too, is like, Hey, when the scope changes, you know, what do we do? Do we, do we not test that? Do you want us to test it? There's a lot of communication that's required with the client. That's why communication is so important and, and, being in close communication with the clients during the engagement say, Hey, we found all these other things. looks like they're yours. Can you verify that they're yours? And, you know, is that something that, uh, you want included in the scope? Are we going to test that? Um, maybe we need more time, right? Maybe it's like, well, yeah. We have this and we need more time to test this. Is that what you want? That kind of thing. So having that dialogue during the engagement when scope changes, um, it, you know, is helpful too. I agree. I agree. And, and that's one of the reasons that during penetration test engage penetration testing engagements, we talk to our client every single day, right? We, we either emailing with them, we might have phone calls, whatever it is. And that's super critical. So, you know, if you're not already doing that with your clients or if you're a client of, of a pen testing uh, organization and they're not communicating with you throughout that entire process, you really should ask for that uh, or find somebody that will because it is so important. The, these are very intimate engagements. You know, we are literally like looking under the tablecloth of everything that you have and all of your dirty yep. secrets and skeletons in the closet. And this is something that, that requires a personal engagement, a personal touch. Yeah. And I keep coming back to this thought of, you know, expectations, right? When yeah. I'm a client, I'm saying, okay, I want an external pen test. Here's all, everything that I know, right? They might, they might assume rightfully so that you're going to test everything that they can possibly find. Yeah. And let's say there's this one thing that just, you know, you didn't know about pen tester didn't find. And then all of a sudden that thing gets popped and you're like, I thought we tested that. I thought we looked at that. Yeah. And it's like, that's why it's so important because it can just, it could be as simple as that. It's one thing that got overlooked or wasn't found or was obscure. um, And then that's the way in. And then there's like wondering, you know, I thought we tested that and you go to the the tester, you know, and that's why expectations is important. It's why I think scoping is setting expectations and understanding those. Yeah, I completely agree. And we run into situations from time to time where, you know, we try as part of every one of our different pen testing engagements, whether it's mobile, purple team, whatever, we try to do a good job of, of, of backstopping that failure by either enumerating DNS or, you know, researching clients. So, so we do a lot of open source intelligence and research going up to these engagements so that we can help identify some of those. But the problem is this, if your company is alphabet, you know, beta callers, 
and and your domains are ABC, dude. So is everybody else in the world. So yep. there's no way for us to uh, attribute those, you know, resources. So if we find a ton of ABC, um, you know, Google buckets, for example, there's no way for us to know that those belong to you. So you have to be open and forthcoming with us so that we can find everything that needs to be looked at. Yep. Cool, man. That's all I have for this. You know, we talked about web. We talked about, um, did, did you cover purple team already? We didn't really talk about it. Um, I can touch on on Purple Team. Yeah, we probably quick. should. Yeah. So Purple Teaming, um, you know, it's an interactive, cooperative engagement, right? Where you have um, the red team and the blue team kind of working together, testing techniques, running them, you know, hands-on keyboard or automating them or whatever um, the case may be, and then seeing, did we detect them, right? So scoping there is important too, because we want to know the TTPs that we're going to test. You know, that's more or less what the scope comes down to is, what techniques are we testing? Um, what is the environment we're testing it on? Um, you know, and what are kind of the the parameters for success, right? Um, did we log an alert or did we log it? Did we alert on it? What's the severity of the alert? How long that did that log take or that alert take to fire? Those are some of the metrics um, that we would look at in, in scoping a, a purple team engagement is important uh, because of all those things, right? You know, the scope for a purple team uh, is really crucial to to determine the techniques and everything that I said previously um, for that engagement. Um, and, you know, without it, you're kind of going in there blind, right? You're kind of just throwing things at the wall and, and you don't really have a plan. And then, right. you know, you don't get a lot of value out of it as a client. And the pen tester is kind of, you know, or the uh, analyst is not really, um, they, they don't have a plan and they're not really being thoughtful about what techniques are being run and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of my thoughts on, on kind of scoping that. Yeah. And again, man, I think purple teams just like internal pen tests are just such a, um, everyone is so unique that you almost have to have those conversations. If you, you, you almost can't not scope them properly. Right. Just, but just because, um, so, so much has to be discussed yep. leading up to that. You know, it's impossible to do an assumed breach internal pen test without talking to the IT folks first. Cause how else are you yep. going to get the assumed breach endpoint set up? Same thing yep. with purple teams is like, I feel like you really need to have a lot of stuff agreed to. Yep. Um, you know, even, even if Craig leaves you off the email, you know, yep. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I agree, man. And and I, f- I feel like you have a unique perspective on that just because of the the intimacy of what you do with the clients, you know? Yeah, yeah it's important to get it right and, and to make sure you meet the clients where they are. So you're not, you know, you know, you don't want to go, go into a purple team and, and, you know, fire off all this brand new tech that you just found on Twitter. And then, yeah. you know, either they see it or they don't. And then it's like, well, that wasn't helpful because... A, I didn't even know what that was or what that did. Right. I don't even know where to go to look for that log. You know, it's like, uh, and then, you know, so it's important to understand those where the the telemetry is for those things. Yeah. Um, it's important to understand the industry and the ver, you know, uh, the vertical that the clients in, all geography, stuff, yeah. where they do business in, and all that I think ties into the scoping discussion. It has to for it to be successful. No question. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for you today. Uh, if you enjoyed what we uh, what we put together for you, just like, subscribe, share. The best way to help us out is to tell your peers. Um, and we will see you next Wednesday.